Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the A Few Dangerous Women podcast. It's our mission to bring women to the table who are having kingdom impact in our culture, across different spheres of influence, to talk about following Jesus into these spaces, and also talk about women of the Bible and some of the lessons that we can learn from them. Welcome to this week's episode of the A Few Dangerous Women podcast. This week, we have Gabriela Gomez or Gabby, and she lives in Aracaju, Brazil, and is 23 years old. And she recently passed the bar exam to practice law in Brazil. Gabby has been an English teacher since 2018 and is passionate about young women's discipleship and is a leader of teen, in the teens department at her church, as well as the Blossom Project, which is a project that does activities for teens and children in villages. And in the past three years, they have done three different villages. So Gabby and I will be talking this week about missions, law, women's discipleship and leadership. Gabby, welcome. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for being here. It's just an honor, seriously. <laughs> I'm so glad to have you here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, as you said, I am 23 years old. Um, I come from a Christian family. So right now I go to my uncle's church and we all go there together. And it's pretty much like it's an honor to be part of this kind of family because we learn a lot from it. And I currently graduated from law school and got to the bar exam, which was a pretty intense season. But at the same time, it was just an honor to like understand that God was there during the whole time because it was challenging. And But since 26, 2018, I've been working as an English teacher. And that's something that just came up. I was not expecting, but also I understand that was something that got brought into my life in a way that everyone knew that was, that was God, you know, and it just had like so many opportunities to do missions in schools and like crusades and everything, things that I didn't even dream about. So it's been just a pretty like incredible journey. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So I have a number of questions for you. Like first I'll ask you about law. Like you went to law school for, for five years, right? Yes, I did. What made you choose law? It's actually very funny because like at the moment that I chose it, I quite, I didn't really understand why I was choosing it, but I really felt like that was something that God, that I knew that it was God, you know? So it was a little bit confusing to me because here in Brazil, it was pretty much like this. Like you have engineer career, you have medical school, you have law school. So you're probably going to pick one of those three things. Yeah. And for me, it was pretty obvious that I was not going to pick any, any of the other choices. So for me, I was like, okay, probably this is going to be law. But at the same time, I remember that I pray and that I, I didn't really have a quite relationship with the Lord back then. But I pray and I had this piece about going to law school. And the moment that I started, I was like, I don't know where God is going to take me through this, mm -hmm. but I'm willing to understand. And he, during the whole process, he was like, you are here for a reason. You're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. So this constantly reminder that he was there for me yeah. and that he wanted me to be there. It was just the thing that kept me going through the law school. Mm -hmm. And yeah, but it was something that I really felt like God, literally the Lord was telling me to do. Oh, man. And so what do you want to do with, with your law degree now? Yeah, so for me, that's actually very funny because I told you before that um, I was not expecting to become yeah. an English teacher since 2018. But during 2017 and 2018, God started to talk to me about teaching. And I was like, oh, I'm not a teacher. 
Yeah. And somehow, somehow I became an English teacher. And he was like talking to me about it. And I was like, yeah, we came to see, came to see. And I was like, no, I actually cannot see anything. But this just started to happen. And one of the things that I consider is literally teaching. And I was not expecting, like, yeah. like even if in all my plans, becoming like a professor, no, that was not part of my plans. So I do understand that becoming a lawyer is part of becoming a good professor because mm -hmm. you need to teach not only what you know because you read, but because you do have experience. So one of the things that I do consider is like becoming a lawyer for a while to have enough experience to say like, okay, guys, now I can teach you yeah. in a Christian way, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah. I feel like being a Christian in a law university, it's a challenge. But being a professor, yeah. a Christian professor, it's a whole completely different, different stuff, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's pretty much what I consider. Oh man, and I know, like you do so many different incredible things. But one of the things you do is the Holy Des Meninas or the girls hangout. I know I totally yes. said it all wrong, <laughs> but tell us a little bit about that. Oh man, the girls hangout is just like a dream to me, you know. It's actually funny because like my spiritual life sent, like completely changed in 2016 mm -hmm. when I had the opportunity to meet a bunch of like crazy Americans from over you here in my city. That was my first time translating and actually being involved in that kind of environment. So mm -hmm. simple, you know, like the gospel simple. And I remember that once I was there, like I wanted to do things differently. So in the next year, it was 2017 and I had a birthday party. Mm -hmm. In this birthday party, I started to wonder, like, what if, like, what if I do something different? What if I open my heart and open my house to my friends to come here wow. and to experience a little bit about what I've been experiencing for the past year? Mm -hmm. So the girls hang out just came up when, like, God put in my heart that Gabby, girls, your friends, girls around you, they are suffering not because they have something against me, but because they are hurt and you're doing wow. nothing about it. Wow. So that's how the Girls Hang Out happened and how the Girls Hang Out started because God put this desire in my heart to help other people to experience Jesus, not a church, mm -hmm. not a religion, but Jesus, a relationship. And so we started over there in my birthday, like a few years ago. And it was just incredible because some of my friends, I did not expect them to come and they did. And I was like, wow. okay, there is something here. Something mm -hmm. is happening. And then, like, after this, I was like, okay, let's hang out one more time. And I was like, okay, let's hang out one more time. And mm -hmm. then somehow, hey, this is a girl's hangout. It's happening. And it's constantly happening. And so that's how it happened, you know. It was a moment where we would share, not judge, but share yeah. and teach the Word of God. Like, the Word of God is going to, like, share the direction, show if it's wrong, what if what is right and what is wrong. Mm -hmm. but also have this environment of communion, you know? So that's how it started and that's how it's happening so far. Oh, that's amazing. So yeah. I have two questions for you. And this, you can talk about like with teaching English and I know you teach like English to Portuguese speaking people who yes. want to learn English as well. Um, so mm -hmm. what inspires you to do what you do, whether it's with okay. being a teacher or if it's about the girls hangout or even the blossom project and you can talk a bit about what the blossom project does but what ins what are the things that inspire you to do these different things wow that's such a like <laughs> deep question because that's a lot of like that's just a lot of different things but i feel like the main reason of why what i why i do what i do 
mm-hmm. just because God taught me to see long term. And he was like, okay, that's what you're doing now because that's exactly what I want to do in the future in a different way. So I'm preparing you for this. I feel like when we under we when we understand and when we have the experience of literally having a relationship with the Lord, yeah. you just want to keep doing those stuff. You just want to keep going on that direction. You just cannot imagine your life without those things. And I'm not saying that your relationship with the Lord should be based on your experience, but experience in those moments, it's part of the relationship. Yeah. And so to me, I was like, okay, I'm seeking this because I'm living this. And because I'm living this, I'm also seeking this more and more. So it's just the yes. cycle, you know, like once you get there, it's just not normal for you as a Christian to not want to have more relationship and more experience with the Lord. Yeah. And so for me, like the girls hang out in the Boston project was just being obedient, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's funny because like, it was not easy. It was a challenge, yeah. but it was just such like, it's actually very funny because it wasn't easy, but it was a very easy yes. You know, I didn't think twice. I was like, hey, yeah. God, you want me to do this? Let's go. It's hard. Yes. Wow. But it was easy to say yes. Yes. Because God was the one who was telling me to do it. Not because I wanted like our flesh is not going to tell like, hey, go preach the gospel. That was the Lord talking to me. That is true. But he was working in my heart, in my character during a long time. So I could be able to say yes to those stuff, you know. Yeah. So for me, like the one thing that made me say yes was like living my life with the Lord. Because back then I had no idea what the girls hang out would be, what the Blossom Project would be. But just being there was like what I was seeking, you know, like I was like, I want more. I want more. Yeah. So the fact that I was wanting for more made me understand, made me get more. Not because I want, I didn't ask for those things. I wouldn't yes. even imagine those things. I just asked for God. And I was like, hey, can I go one more time to Kahil? That was the only thing that I was asking for. Hey, yeah. can I be here just one more time? One more day serving you guys. That's yeah. the only thing that I asked for. So for me, it was just about a matter of being like open and willing to receive what God was giving to me. Yeah. And teaching, teaching was just whole completely thing. It just happened in a way that God was like teaching. When, when I was teaching, God was teaching me how to be responsible how to be like joyful, how to be patient, yeah. how to actually understand the needs of my students, you know, mm. because I truly believe that that was like teaching was a learning experience for me, which is very funny because I was teaching my students, but it was also learning a lot. Yeah. And especially sometimes we want to become leaders, but we don't want to learn stuff, you know, and that was just one of the things that God was like, I want you to be part of this. I want you to learn from this, you know. Yeah. So I always feel like every all of those things, it came from the Lord. You know, it was a preparation season. It is still a preparation season. Yeah. But it all comes when you open your heart to say, okay, I'm willing to try, you know. So I think, oh. yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> and you mentioned something earlier about like the difficulty of being a Christian in a law university. Yes. Tell tell me a bit about that. Like, what are some of the challenges? How did you navigate how, representing Christ even in a space that's not Christian? Wow, that's that is very. I think it's just like you need to be wise when we talk about those things, and that's yeah. the one one of the things that I learned like right in the moment that I because I started my first semester. The the schools here in, in Brazil they start in January. Mm-hmm. Pretty much there. Some of them start in August, but mine start in January. So I had this first semester where I was not in the relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, vacation. 
Orayo, they came here and my life was transformed. So from the second semester until the rest, the end of the university, I was like, okay, I am different mm-hmm. and I need to be different and I need to act like a different person. Come on. But I also need to be wise, you know? Being in law school as a Christian, here in Brazil, we have public schools and have private schools. Private schools, it's actually a little bit easier for you. Public schools, it's more, they're more like, there is this complicated environment. Mm-hmm. So it's a kind of like hard for you to actually position yourself as Christian. Because even some of the professors, they can be like, oh, you should be this and that. You know? And then I said, it's very confusing. A lot of politics involved. Yeah. But in my school was like, it was just incredible because all of my friends, they knew that I was Christian. It was just a matter of like, do you follow me on Instagram? I'm posting about God all the time. <laughs> so they all yeah. knew that it was Christian because I didn't hide it. Yeah. So if you were in a school, first of all, you don't need to hide the most important thing about your life. Come on. You know, but also I understood that do I need to be a boring Christian? Because one thing is for you to preach the gospel. Another thing is for you to be an annoying Christian. Mm-hmm. And I understood that do do I really why do why do we need to preach the gospel? Like why do I need to preach the gospel to this person? Yeah. Oh, because this person is gonna be saved. Yeah, but like what exactly am I giving to them? What exactly am I presenting to them? You know, yes. because sometimes we just think about like, hey, I'm gonna force you to give your life to Jesus, which doesn't even make any sense. But like I was like, wait, am I even being friendly? Am I being polite? Uh, yeah. Am I being respectful? You know, it's not only about what you say, but it's about who you are. You know, I don't want to be mm-hmm. friends with someone who's absolutely annoying. No, but even ju- by just being like polite, that was my strategy. I was being polite. I was mm-hmm. being nice. I was being respectful. Yeah. And all of my friends, they 100% respect me. I, I never had, I can tell you that I've been for five years of law school. I didn't have any kind of problem. And they all knew that I was Christian, you know, because they didn't hide. But yeah. even like most importantly, they preached the gospel. I was acting like a Christian, Come on. you know, yeah. and we had small groups in college. We preached the gospel like once a week. It was incredible. I led for a while. Also yeah. forgot to mention it, but I led for a while. <laughs> one of these small groups, mm-hmm. I had a leader and I was helping them. It was incredible what God did. Yeah, but like they, I I remember that people come to me. They're like, "Gabby, I don't like Christians, but I like you," wow. you know. And that was like powerful because it was like I heard a lots of I've never met someone like you, which is not I I don't see I cannot see because when you're mature, you cannot see this as a compliment. Come on, when someone looks yeah. at me and they say like, "Gabby, I've never met a Christian like you. You're just this, 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 and that," and deep down I understand why they're saying what they're saying, and I understand. But as a Christian, I cannot be happy for this. Because if I am happy for this sentence, it's my ego talking to me. They're talking for me. But if I am mature enough, I would be worried about like, wait, why am I being your only example of what a healthy Christian it is? What about the others? Because I know that there are others. So it's a concern for me is like, do we only say you're Christians or do we actually act like Christians? Mm. Because when you're law school, it's literally about understanding your rights, but you understand the Bible. Yeah. And the difference is I do know my rights. And I can tell you this because I'm a lawyer. So I do understand exactly what I'm allowed to do here in Brazil. 
Yeah. But at the same time, it's not about what I have the right to do, but it's about what the Bible says I should do. Come on. You know? So this balance is only be healthy once you understand if you are Christian, you know, once you start to act that as a Christian. So it's not like, don't try to argue, you know, sometimes the wisest thing that you can do is just be quiet, you know, yeah, because true. they all know, they all know what to understand. They do know what is it like for someone who's not Christian to actually understand that what you're saying matches with what you believe, mm-hmm. you know, like, is it weird or is it a match, you know, because sometimes yeah. we are just saying stuff. So law school is a challenge, but I feel like you don't need, you need to understand that you need to prove yourself to anything. Yeah. It's not like, Hey, I need to prove that I'm a Christian. Either you are Christian or you're not, because if That's you true. think that you need to prove other people that you are Christian, you are living under fear of men and not in the mm-hmm. fear of God. Come on. So to me, it's literally about like, I was so 100% convinced and so like deep down, I was like, dude, your opinion, it just doesn't matter. I'm sorry to do this, but it doesn't matter, you know, yes. because yeah. I know exactly what I'm living with the Lord. Come on. So I don't need to convince you, especially yeah. because I know who's going to convince you is the Holy Spirit, not me. Mm-hmm. So I was living my life. People saw me living my life. I was doing mission trips. Sometimes I need to fundraise money for the kids, for the kids that in missions. Friends of mine, like completely not Christian friends, they helped me. Wow. And why? Because wow. they knew God, no, because they knew me and they yeah. saw something good. Yeah. You know, the Bible says that we are open letters. Mm. And that's exactly that text that I wrote to you one day. So yeah. my question is like, you are in college. Great. Is it a like school? Yes. It's going to be hard. Yes. Mm-hmm. What do people see when they look at you? Come on. You know, do they see the Bible or not? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't see the Bible, don't preach them. This is going to be the worst thing that you could do for the gospel. Yeah. Is to preach yeah. something that you don't live. Because yeah. people are going to be like, oh, you're such a hypocrite. That Why are you true. doing what you're doing? Yeah. You know? So it's before you start to preach something, just live it, you know? Come before on. you start to say stuff, just become those stuff, you know? Yeah. So that was my challenge. I didn't care about people's opinion. I was like, dude, God <laughs> is going to judge me for this because it did this wrong by you. Oh, I don't mind, you know. So yeah. just be a hundred percent convinced, and just get into in this place, in this place where God's opinion is the most important thing that you can understand and live. Yes, not other people's opinion. So that's how I got through life school. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! And then I had a question about the Blossom Project. So you guys had been doing like all these activities with the children and teens, and you guys did three yeah. villages for three years. Um, what was the thing, the most exciting testimony, the thing you learned the most coming out of these three years? Wow. Okay, so honestly, I do have a crazy testimony, which was incredible. Mm -hmm. But as a leader, because I led the Blossom Project, and uh, just for people who had no idea, uh, the ORU, that is the university where Maria graduated, (laughs) they have mission trip. And one of these mission trips was here in my city, and I helped the Americans for four years. Mm -hmm. And they reached one specific village called Cahillo. And after they left, God really put in my heart that I needed to go back. Yeah. So I just gathered a few people, some friends of mine, and we started the Blossom Project. And but after this, we just started to reach two more villages. And we had a mission trip, and it was insane. Like 50 people wow. in a mission trip. I led 50 people. And, dude, I can I can tell you, it's not because that was my, like, it's not, it's not it was not even mine, but not because I was leading it, but it was the best 
mission experience that I ever have. And I had wow. lots of mission experience <laughs> during like the past years. Yeah. But for me, the most like incredible thing that I ever lived in the Boston Project mm-hmm. was understand like that it was not about what we were living, but it was about how I was going to transform wow. their lives, mm-hmm. you know, because I was the leader. And yeah. we did incredible things. And people are like amazed by it. They're like, Gabby, is she really leading this? Yeah. And the fact for me, it was like, how can I do more than only please other people from posts from Instagram? Yeah. You know, I was not mm-hmm. worried about this stuff. Honestly, a lot of people actually didn't know I was the leader because I was like, okay, we have a video to record. You're going to do this. I was not on the spotlight because it wow. was not mine to be. Yeah. And I didn't care about it because I was like, okay, I'm going to hide this as long as I can. It's yeah. not a problem. Some people t- told and whatever. I mean, Atacajú is a small city, so everyone, I kind of like knew about it, but they were not sure about it because it didn't really mention this yeah. a lot. But just to understand like the vision that God gave me, like Gabby, I want you to transform their lives. I want you to be like a vessel where I'm going to mm-hmm. flow in exactly. And you're going to do exactly what I'm telling you to do. Yeah. Because for me, the challenge was, am I going to be a good leader? It was not about me getting things done because I would, because yeah. I, if God's telling me to do one thing, I'm going to be organized. You know, I'm oh, going to start yeah. a table. I'm going to take notes. I'm going to do this. That's we're leaving this time. We're getting, because you know that that's like who I am. Yes. But it might be a good leader or I'm just going to be like a regular person organized, you know? That's true. Yeah. No, that was not enough for me. And so the greatest testimony was to understand that people were transformed, you know, people from my team, because yeah. we end up having around like 47 people in the Boston Project, you oh. know, and that's a huge number. Yes. But I can tell you like each one of them, they learned something. Each one of them learned about the environment. And they learn about like the culture of honor, mm-hmm. the culture of like investing, you know, because one thing that God really put in my heart and this just came so deeply that I just couldn't not do it was if you believe in someone, you're not going to even you're not going to just say like, hey, I believe in you, but you're going to give me the opportunity. Yeah. You know, and I gave them opportunity. You know, there were some people that are like, yeah, but I really feel like God is telling me to worship. I was like, OK, here's the microphone. Go and do it. Wow. And I was like, no, Gabby, I cannot. I was like. If God is telling you to do something, I'm going to give you the opportunity so you can understand that you're actually called to do this. Wow. You know, like, hey, I'm called. And I remember, and that's funny because one of my friends, I'm not going to say his name, but whatever. (laughs) So one of my friends, we were not even friends before. And I heard like some not nice things about him because Mm -hmm. of his best life before Christ. And he told me those stuff. So it's actually quite funny. And one day, and we are not even friends or anything. But we were in a mission trip that was before the Blossom Project. And in this mission trip, God showed me and I was like, you're going to invite this person to the project. And I did it because for me, it was so easy to obey. And I was like, yeah. hey, you, let's talk about it. I feel like God is na, 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 this, 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 and that. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So he joined the project. And he was just one of the like best gift that God could give me as a leader yeah. because he just had this heart to serve. But at the same time, it was a challenge because he was a leader and God, he, God brought him to the Blossom Project so I could work on his leadership. Yeah. And it was so funny because I needed to travel in 2019 for two months, pretty much. And I was like, hey, you're going to lead the Blossom Project during two months because I'm traveling. And he was like, yeah. are you insane? 
And I was like, no, I'm not, but you're doing this. And so he did. And that was the first step. And then December of 2019, I video called him and I was like, hey, we are having a mission trip in January 2020. And you are going to be the leader of the evangelism. Like we're going to door to door and you are going to lead this department. And he was like, no, I'm not. And I was like, I know you are because that's exactly what God told me. Yeah. And, and, he, and the thing is, like, I, he didn't tell me this until the mission was over, but he prayed so he could break a leg to not go to the mission. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you can pray how much you want. They've oh got a something. This is going to happen. <laughs> and he was like, I don't, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And he went there and he just was like an incredible leader. Wow. Of course, sometimes it's like, bit like, hey, you don't need to do this. Hey, you need to do this that way. Yeah. But for me, in and he left the project because he went to a, a theo, theo, theological school. He yeah. did theology. So he went to this, become a pastor pretty much. And wow. he was like, yeah, be, being there in the Blossom Project, that's something that I will never forget. Because wow. you gave me the opportunity to learn and to actually understand that I, it was really easy for me to serve, but it was really hard for me to lead. But wow. you gave me the opportunity to actually understand that God was calling me for this. But you know what is funny? During this whole time, I heard a lot of people talk to me. How could you join? How could you let this person do your project? Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm not. Because you can see his past, but God showed me his future. And Come that's on, the kind of yes. like, leader. Are you willing? Because like your reputation is going to be like in line all the time. Mm-hmm. Because people might talk to you, but they might talk things that they don't even understand, but they will talk about those things. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, he's crazy. She has no idea what she's doing. Like, you know, the kind of person who's there. And after a while, they were like, oh, I think she actually was right. Because look at this person. He's such a Christian now, right? And I was like, yeah. oh, really? I'm not surprised. <laughs> you know, sometimes being a leader is about not being surprised when things start to happen because God already showed you before, you know? On, yes. So for me, that's just like this, this huge testimony is about like, how many people this this happened to a lot of people it was not only him but a lot of people that and that was just so funny because uh one of my friends was in the mission trip and she didn't tell me that she's seeing and i didn't know that she's seeing mm-hmm. but in one of the times we were having a service i was like hey come here i gave her the microphone no one understood they're like Gabby, what are you doing she's not part of the worship team and i was like yes she knows that she is and she just said like yes i am and i gave her the microphone Mm-hmm. And her voice is insane. I was like, where were you hiding this? And oh my I knew that was not her time, that God was reading her, but yeah. that was her time. And we gave her the opportunity to do something, you know? So for me, it's not about like what we've accomplished as a project, but what do we accomplish as people, you know? Like, uh, what about my yeah. team? Are they good? We are finished the cycle of the Blossom Project here, but I know that each one of them, this team that we had here in Aracaju, Mm-hmm. they were transformed you know like they understood wow. something so for me that's just like the huge testimony of course we we saw a lot of miracles salvation healing yes that those things are incredible yeah but when we think about this when we think about discipleship when we think about all those things it's like okay the miracle happened but what is that are they living with yeah. what is that are they taking with them mm-hmm. you know so i say like oh they learn about the culture of the blossom project so yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> oh man, that's such an incredible quality to have as a leader, not not to care about you being known as the one who is responsible or the one who wants to do everything, but to release things so that other people can can try them. Yeah. But then also I think 
from your example just the importance of of being led by the spirit and to see people through Christ's eyes so that you can yeah. see something that sometimes people don't even believe in themselves and no one else believes in them so i think that's mm-hmm. an incredible leadership quality you have yeah and, well thank you <laughs> <laughs> and what are the hard what's the hardest lesson you've had to learn about leadership Wow, the hardest lesson I think was to not do something until God tells me to, mm-hmm. you know, because like of course we know that like you're the leader so you're the head, mm-hmm. you know, and there is a difference between the fruit of the spirit and the gifts from the spirit. Yeah. The gift from the spirit is perfect. It's going to come straight from God. And if you are obedient, you're going to get used to how this works and you're going to flow it. So during a lot of times, God was picked for me, not because I was fasting or anything, but because it was the gift. So it was happening. Yeah. But the fruit is something that if you don't make it right, you're not understanding. This is not going to flow in your life. You know, you're not going to be patient, loving, responsible or anything. Mm. So the balance about like, it might have in my spiritual life. Is this working in my life? Because if it doesn't work, the fruit is not going to be there. And if the fruit is not there, I'm not going to be wise enough to understand how am I supposed to deal with this gift? Yeah. You know, and the thing about like the blossom party is really prophetic. Like everything that I do is pretty prophetic. Mm. And when I say prophetic, I don't want to scare people like, oh my gosh, a prophet. No, no. Prophetic <laughs> is just something that comes from the, the heart of God. Yeah. And you're going to okay. receive it. That's just prophetic, you know? Yeah. So I don't need to prophesy about crazy stuff. I just need to understand what God is telling me and I'm going to be. And that's it. So the challenge for me was like, did God really tell me to do it? You know, like he didn't. So why am I doing this? Mm. Why am I planning about this? If he didn't, you know, because in the moment that I start to do things, not because he's telling me, but because I was scared. And that's the moment where I completely miss it. I was yeah. like, okay, so now I'm acting by my my own strength now because of him, you know. And that's interesting because sometimes some people, and that's the vision that I had, you know. Yeah. He was like, okay, only tell me, only do what I'm telling you to do. That's mm-hmm. the vision. That's the word that he gave me. Yeah. That's it. But some people they they have God gave them like completely different vision. They're like, go until I tell you to stop. Yeah. And that's different. But that was not my case. So in my case. Other people, you know what they do? They pretty much, just, I'm sorry, just my mind showed up, sorry. But like other people, it's just interesting because they're like, they were somehow like judging me to not keep doing stuff. But I knew that God didn't allow me to it because yeah. God told me that only do exactly what I'm telling you to do. Yeah. So for me, the hardest thing was understanding, am I doing the right thing? Okay, but why am I doing what I'm doing? Oh, yeah. because God told me. Okay, perfect, yeah. you know. But it's just, just it's just this whole like cycle, you know. It's just this whole completely thing, this balance between your spiritual life, your prayer life, your like like reading the Bible life. It's it's your devotional, you know. It's yeah. everything's work together because you're not gonna get used to God's voice if you don't listen to His voice. Yeah, come you on. know. So the hardest thing as a leader is like who is leading you yourself or Mm -hmm. god you know so for me that that was the point you know oh man that's so good (laughs) i have have one last question for you um i know you have done so many missions trips to so many places you've um translated in crusades 
and yeah. led this like discipleship and small groups and all of those things this the common factor is the great commission so why is that important what does a great commission mean to you and why does that matter well for me i think it's just about like it's really selfish for you to don't think about the great commission mm. and i know this might be something really hard for other people to listen to and i'm not judging if you don't think about it but it's just like how can you think about your life without god you probably don't okay great that's awesome Yeah. But if you you cannot imagine your life without God, how can you like not tell now how can you not tell other people about God? Yeah. You know, it's just about like how your reality is so incredible and you don't want to share it. Yeah. You know, you know, it's just like think about a restaurant, your favorite restaurant. The first thing that we as human being we do is just post something on Instagram. Yes. Guys, oh my gosh, I found out about this restaurant. Look at this. This menu is incredible. The food is the best experience that I ever had. Great. And you know, there probably your, your friends there are going to go there. They're going to have a visit or at least they're going to follow on the Instagram. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And their lives is going to be, they're going to have this experience because you shared this experience. Yeah. So how is it so easy for us to share great things with our friends? Like things on earth, like yeah. a restaurant, a clothes or whatever, and not share about God. You know, if he is actually that important to us, how can you imagine our life without him? We don't. Yeah. So why don't we have the responsibility to share the gospel to other people? So the Great Commission is not about like you being a pastor, just you being about a, you being a Christian, you know? Yes. Because yeah. once you are, you understand it, you know? It's like, I don't need to preach for like a crowd of 10,000 people. Yeah. I only need to be a Christian. And as a Christian, I'm going to understand, wow, best decision, right? I'm just going to talk about my decision. You know, it's funny because sometimes we think that we need to be like a Billy Graham or have this kind of like Billy Graham message or whatever. Mm -hmm. We don't, you know, because what Billy Graham was doing was sharing his life and yeah. what we need to pursue our life in our own way, you know? Yeah. So um, the Great Commission is simple. For me, the Great Commission is just like living your life and yeah. sharing your life. Yeah. You know, and we do, we all share our lives, especially in this era with a lot of social network stuff. But yes. why don't we share a little bit more, you know? So yes, man. that's, that's it. That's so yeah. Thank you, Gabby. So um, before I ask you like a few fun questions, one of the things that I want to do for everyone who comes on um, is just to say what I think makes them dangerous to the kingdom of darkness And Gabby, like when I think about you, I first met you, I think when you were 19 and you were just this on fire, passionate leader. And I think what makes you dangerous is your passion for the things of God and your zeal um, and just how you use your voice and your influence. You're always listening to God and listening to all these new ideas and strategies. And you've really answered to the call of leadership really young and being obedient and you're just fire every time I talk to you it's just so wow. much fire and I think <laughs> yeah it's just so incredible and I'm so blessed by by you and your life wow thank you so much same from you you know just so crazy to have those kind of friendships it's just yes. just a blast just a blast <laughs> okay 
Um, so next question, just a like, rapid fire question. What's your favorite okay, food? Sure. Um, acai. Yeah. Brazilian acai, not American acai. <laughs> no joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, Brazilian acai is the real deal. Okay. Yeah. If, if you could have coffee or lunch with any historical or biblical figure, who would you choose? I would choose probably John. Why? Because for me, it's just like, how can you be so loving and so responsible at the same time? Wow. It's just a challenge that I was like, you're so loving. I would be stressed if I yeah. were you, you know? So that's that's just one thing that God is really like put in my heart lately. So right yeah. now in the moment, that would probably be John. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Last question. What is your definition of what it means to be dangerous? For me, my definition of being dangerous is being obedient. You know, it's just like if you because if you think you're dangerous, but you don't obey the word of God, you're not being dangerous from God. You know, you're just going to be actually quite the opposite. You know, you're just going to play by the devil's side. And that's Mm -hmm. something very hard to understand. Yeah. But if you don't have the focus, if you don't understand exactly what you're doing, you're just going to put your whole strength on the other direction. Yeah. So being a woman, is a dangerous woman of God, is understand that you're dangerous because God has given you the courage and the strength to actually be pursuing him and seeking his presence. Yeah. So it's about it, you know, like just keep going, even if you don't feel anything, because dangerous women of God, they don't, they don't move because, by their feelings. But they move by their obedience to the word of God. You know, sometimes we're not going to feel. And sometimes we're, what we're actually going to feel are bad stuff. Like, I'm sad. I'm mad. Yes. But this is not going to change anything. So, wow. danger room of God. Let's move. Let's do. Let's understand that God is going to guide us. And that's enough. You know? Amen. Amen. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Thank you so much, Gabby. 